Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Theophilus, theology matters. Because it impacts everything. It determines how you walk out your faith. It determines about how you look at yourself, at your relationship to God. It determines how you do apologetics. It determines how you witness, how you do the gospel, how you interact with other people. For instance, a universalist truly doesn't have a reasonable incentive to save souls, really, to, to win them. Truth can be objective. If your theology is Catholic, if it tells you that you can lose your justification with God for committing a bad enough sin, that's going to severely affect your health in, in that area of, of your life. I mean, I had, when I was younger, I had the Protestant view of sin. All sin is mortal. All sin, the wages of it are death. But the Catholic view of justification that every time I then sinned, I was losing my justification. And that tears you up mentally. <clears throat> so, <laughs> theology very much matters. It's the difference between a street preacher just saying, pray this prayer and your ticket to heaven has been punched. You can go, you can even go back to your life of sin, but you'll be saved. And saying, no, no, no. If you are truly saved, if you are truly saved, the Holy Spirit abides in you now, and he is conforming you to the image of Christ. You will repent of your sin. You will bear fruit in keeping with repentance. You will bear fruit. You will have good works. These are the proof of your salvation. These are not of you. These are the Holy Spirit working through you. This is God working in you and through you. And by it, you can have assurance of your salvation. Theology matters because those two ideas I just presented will create very different results, very different attitudes about many factors of life. Even who we need to outreach. Is God triune? Then any Unitarian or pagan or polytheistic religion, we need to witness to them because they do not have a viable Christ. Is the gospel absolute monergism? Is it that God starts and completes the work end to end, a seamless strip, a seamless loop that is all God, that we are taken out of our sin not by our own desire, not by our own will, because our will is bound to our desire, and our desire is to stay in our sin. Or, does are we presented with an option? Or can we thwart the hand of God trying to lift us up out of the mire? These, these theologies have impact. And to apply that as I was trying to apply the prior example, 
then Rome has a false gospel, then the Jehovah's Witness has a false gospel, then the sinless perfectionists have a false gospel, then the Torah-observant Hebrew Israelites, whatever you want to call them, Hebrew roots, they have a false gospel. If it's, if grace is sufficient, if it's a total monergistic work of God in salvation, if your theology is that God foreknows, foreordains, predestines, that he set in motion. If the weaver of the fabric of time, if there's not a stitch that he didn't put into it, then the open theist is wrong, dead wrong, about God, thinking that he learns, that he is surprised, that he comes into knowledge just as temporal man. Theology matters. Not all theology is salvific, but the all theology impacts how we walk out our faith. It is important. Theophilus, you might be young in the faith. You may still need the milk. But you need to be careful what meats you are eating, where you're getting your milk from. Because there are a lot of untrained and unstable and untaught people who distort the scriptures as Peter warns to their own destruction. We need to be cautious, Theophilus. There are many Christians who are blown about by every wind of doctrine, as the scripture says. There are many who would rather have preachers that just scratch their itching ears. It matters. We need to be concerned about this. Even so far as your doctrine of inspiration, which is, which is correct? Is it, is it the King James? Is the King James the inspired word of God? The definitive? Or is it the text it's based on, the Textus Receptus? Or is it the majority text? Or can we, should we examine the majority text and the critical text and the manuscript tradition beyond just what was collated during the Reformation? Because we have so much more information now, Theophilus. And that will determine how we present the Bible. I mean, should we only use the KJV? Can we use NIV, ESV? Can we be more open with the translation we use? Um, and how are we going to defend scripture against people who want to point out passages and contradictions? Do we have a defense against the Bardermans? Do we have a defense against the people who will tear apart the textual criticism of the Bible to their own foolishness because they've, they haven't soundly properly studied it? But how? Are, are we going to choose a theology, a doctrine of inspiration that allows us to engage with that? Or are we going to hold a position 
that just has to say, no, this is correct, and here is why. Even if it it's, doesn't, even if we have to, to submit to an inconsistent methodology of defending why a particular reading is chosen. All because some people who didn't even think they were writing scripture, who, well, who knew they were translating scripture, but didn't think that what they were writing, they didn't think it was being divinely guided over and inspired. They recognized they were just making a translation. Are we going to deify what they wrote, even though they would strongly recommend against it? Or are we going to... And that will, that will affect, it has an effect, it has an impact, Theophilus. Anyone who says to you, theology doesn't matter, or these things don't matter. Yes, many of them are secondary issues. Many of them are so tertiary that it's fine to be in absolute fellowship with these people. But it matters. It is something that you need to be thinking about and convinced of. Because it will have an impact. It, it will have an impact. It will matter. And we need to dialogue about this. We need to think about this. I think I've just reiterated myself by accident. We can't just be off in our little cubby holes, holding on to whatever we believe. We need to be able to discuss what we think and what we believe. And we need, most importantly, to do as the Bereans did in Acts 17. We need to study the scriptures. And even if we're going to come to different conclusions at the end of the day, we need to have a firm basis not in, the, not in the, the philosophy of man, not in the traditions of men, but in the theonoustos, in the very word of God, the God-breathed. But don't think that you're escaping tradition just because you're as in line with scripture as you can be for you at the moment. The one who says he has no tradition, as James White puts it, is a slave to it. Everybody has a tradition. The question is, what traditions are biblical? What traditions align with scripture? And at the end, when you're discussing this with someone, you may have to just agree to disagree. But we should be convinced in our own mind. We need to have an answer for these questions, because it will have an impact. You can't be wishy-washy. If you're trying to witness to someone and you're still wishy-washy on the particulars of the gospel, that may come out, and that may completely foil your witness, what you're trying to present. We can't just push things aside because they make us uncomfortable. We can't. We can say, okay, I need some time to study and come up with an answer to this. I had to do that. I had to do that with my doctrine of predestination. And you know what I settled on? Studying it? 
I agree with Calvin, or at least his followers. It's what I find consistent with scripture. Does that mean I assent to every point of tulip? No. I do, as I've said, agree with a fair chunk of it. And that's part of what we're doing here, Theophilus. I am presenting you with scripture so that we can reason from it, we can hear what God's word has to say. And knowing what God's word says, when someone says to the contrary, you can point them out. And you can correct them. You should do so kindly, gently, however. In fact, to read 2 Timothy chapter 4, I earnestly declare before God and Christ Jesus the one being about to judge the living and the dead, and by the appearing of him uh, and the kingdom of him, preach the word. Kirikson ton lagon. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convict. Convict? Uh, Ellen, Ellenxon, uh, reprove, rebuke, discipline. So, um, reprove, rebuke, um, although the word here for rebuke, uh, epit, epitemeson, from epi and tomato, uh, uh sorry, tomato, sorry, <laughs> to tax upon. Um, closure or admonish by implication forbid so yeah reproof rebuke um, and exhort parakaleson uh, from para and kaleo to call near uh, invite evoke invoke with complete patience and passe macrothema themia with complete patience and instruction, didache, didache, with complete patience and instruction. Verse 3, estai gar, for there will be a time when sound teaching they will not endure, but according to their own desires, they will gather to themselves teachers having an itching ear. And indeed, hearing the truth, uh, and, in, and indeed from hearing the truth, they will turn away into then myths, they will be turned aside. You, however, be sober in all things, endure inflictions. Do the work of an evangelist um, uh, in the ministry that you carry out, and the ministry of you fully carry out. We need to stand firm in what we believe, in what we profess.
need to we need to spread the word. We need to teach the word soundly. And I'm, I need to caveat this. There are two types of people in the faith. There are those who still need milk, and there are those who are ready for meat. There are those coming still young in the faith who need sound, who just need teaching. They don't need to interact with this. This is the same group of people who I've said false teachers. There are those in the faith who need to simply mark and avoid false teachers. Shut out your ears. Do not give heed. Do not listen. Do not entertain because you are young in your faith. You need a firm basis. Once you're ready, once you have a firm, full maturity, full maturity, once you have maturity in the faith, then you can move on to the meats, then to the false teachers having been fed by the meat and the milk. You can do as Titus is told to, you can do as we are told to in scripture, and we can address the false teachers. We can engage with the false teachers, we can call them out, and those who disagree, we can show them to be wrong. And in my last statement, I am not I am not talking to those who still need the milk, who still need the fullness of nurturing in the faith. I'm speaking to those who are ready for the theological roast beefs, who are ready for the steaks and the cheeseburgers, all of that good stuff. I'm here to help both, but I, I will admit I am more here serving meat. That's been the whole, that's been a point of this. I've always addressed passages I read from an apologist angle. I point out when I see something that's a point towards apologetics against Catholics, I point it out against Muslims, I point it out against LDS, I point it out. I am hoping that God will use me to meet you where you're at and that it will be beneficial for you. And I have faith that God, working all things out to the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, he has a purpose, he has a will, a telematas, that he will fulfill what I that he will carry out the purpose that I have in this podcast that it is not I who benefits well I mean <sighs> that it is that it is his will that is carried out through what what is said here through how it's received that it will benefit his body believe I believe I be we're at a time where the faith is under its strongest attack Theophilus we're also in an age where we have the greatest evidence to defend ourselves with we have manuscripts showing the 
wonderful, beautiful preservation of God's Word throughout the entire manuscript tradition, not just one little text type from the 1600s, 1500s, 1600s, anyways. We have more than enough. We need to engage with it, learn it, spread it, and let God do the work. God in his true providence has given us such a wealth of materials to use in our defense. We need to use it, every one of us. We need to be at least recognizing of this. There are those who will never be apologists. There are those who will never purposely seek out and dialogue and witness to people or dialogue with other faiths. They still need the basic knowledge of what they believe they need to know, that there are textual variants, that that is not a problem, that that actually is to God's glory through how he has preserved the text and puts the Muslim argumentation to shame because their texts have textual variation just as well. That we, we, know, we know what we hold in our hands. We know it, we can prove it. If every Bible was destroyed, we could recreate it from the manuscript tradition, just the same way. They need to know that there are passages that, on the surface level, sound like they don't line up. But when you study them, they most certainly do. There are no contradictions in the Bible. Only people who aren't willing to study long enough to figure them out. Even the one who will never meaningfully deal with these things. They need to know this so that when the world spits in their face with these things, with these assumed problems with the text and with our faith, that their faith is not shaken because they are already prepared. We've already given them the tools, the armor, to withstand the attack of the enemy. And the one who is going to engage with these things, the one who is going to be out there witnessing, the one who is going to be an apologist, a preacher, it is of utmost importance that they have an intimate familiarity with all of these things, that they can bring up passages to their mind in defense at least in, in base defense of these things, that they can rebuke, reproof, reproach, that they can defend the faith, that they can contend for the faith. There is not a difference of degree of knowledge. There is not a difference in what needs to be known. The difference is how deeply and intimately is it known. Because ignorance breeds disaster. It, it breeds disaster. Look at all these people who are a slave to a select textual tradition. A artif an, an archaic translation. That's not bad. It's just not up to date with what we know. It's not wrong. It was right for the time, 
but for today, we have much more information. We have much higher certainty and accuracy. We have over 5,000 manuscripts at between fragments and short pages and, and codices of the New Testament in the Greek alone. There's no reason to take a position of ignorance. We have a solid defense against every attack on the faith if we are so willing to engage with it and learn about it. And I'm not saying this is a dogmatic, I'm not saying you can't be saved if you don't know. But what I am saying is that you are in danger of shipwrecking your faith if you will willfully hold to being ignorant of these things. That if you are ignorant of these things, you are in danger of shipwrecking your faith. Of having a Bart Ehrman prelate come up to you and just tear in to the validity of the New Testament and you not ever even starting to think about these things. You could be crushed because you just because you didn't know. They're not right. It's not because they're right. Because they're not. It's that you don't have the defense. And a soldier who goes into battle without his armor is quickly slaughtered. I don't want that. I do not. I pray that those I, I, that in our modern generation, I see that so many people are being sifted and weeded out. So many people are apostatizing, are falling away. My prayer is that those who are left, because the only people being left are the ones holding so tightly to the very heart of what we need to believe, that they will instill in the next generation of true Christianity that same further fervor for deep theology, for deep study, for knowing what we believe, not just having faith in what we believe, but intimately understanding so that our faith can be biblical, not blind. Biblical faith is the certainty of these things. It is not a blind hope. It is a hope of a promise. And that the generation we teach and leave behind will spread on that same fervor to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And by the divine hand of God, Jesus' words will be fulfilled when he said the gates of hell will not prevail. And that no matter what hardship comes to the church, there will always be that remnant of God. His truth has abided for almost 2,000 years. It can abide for 2,000 more if God so wills.
want to be an agent in why it does, in how God works out that it does. I want you to join me in that, Theophilus. I want you to engage and wrestle and tackle these things. Show yourself approved. Be firm in what you know. And however you can, pass on that knowledge. Pass it on to the next generation. So that they too can be the most excellent Theophilus. This is probably not going to make it to Spotify, um, even though there's no copyright to this song, um, because it was written by one Martin Luther. This is... After a message like that, I think we should... <laughs> Something. This is a mighty fortress, is our God. Um, join me in momentary worship. is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Doth ask who that may be, Christ Jesus it is he, Lord Sabaoth his name, from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled Should threaten to undo us, We will not fear, for God hath willed His truth to triumph through. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little world will fail him. That word above all earthly power. No thanks to them abideth. The spirit and gifts are ours. Through him who with us sided.
Let goods and kindred go This mortal life also The body they may kill God's truth abideth still His kingdom is forever Father God, I ask that you make evident your hand of providence over this current time and generation. Restrictions are changing, God, but a great storm cloud still looms on the horizon, as I have so spoken of. I pray, God, Your will, will as it always does prevail, that in your will is a strong, preserved church, as there has been throughout every generation, that the jaws of the enemy are not yet about to close they loom as they have from the beginning, but that they are stayed by your hand, O God, that you would preserve your people, that you would not that you would regret that you would grant us as you did Nineveh from repentance, away from our wrongdoing, away from our lukewarmity from our lackluster faith, that you would grant us repentance into better knowledge, that you would stay the hand of Satan, wanting what's going on in China to spread to America, to Russia, to Europe, to everywhere, Lord, that the growing heads of the dragon would not arise so fast. That you would abide with your church as you always have. Your workers, oh God, have so much work to do before you return, before you reap, before you even sift us. I pray that you would use this time, however, of doing exactly that, of sifting us, of giving us tribulation. That you would bring out your champions of the faith to stand firm and bold. Such men are already revealing themselves in the midst of Quebec being unruly and unjust, in the midst of states in the U.S. being unjust. Lord, be with your churches that we don't even know about, that are deep, deep underground, just under the feet of the society that would so quickly kill them and torture them. God, strengthen them. Strengthen those men and women. 
grace us all with the love and adoration for you and your truth that is in those people willing to die for you daily, oh God. Grant us faith that strong because it is lacking so much in your church in this part of the world. You have become a weak and obstinate generation. And I pray that your plan for us is to be restored to where we were once. I pray that whatever comes, your will is done. Amen. All right. Now, uh, we were going to have a guest on the podcast. I'm afraid he will have to be on next week. But that's how time plays out. Give people times. Forget to give them time zones. Um, <laughs> it's my fault, really. Um, all right. Romans chapter 5. Let's just get right into the real meat portion. <laughs> if I so tired, Theophilus, it's because it has been like three hours since, uh, three, four hours <laughs> since uh, the last segment of this because I went to uh, DMV about an hour out uh, to get my driver's permit renewed. It went over cringily, but well. <laughs> Alright. Let's get back into it. So we're reading the big old question, what's wrong with the world? Sin. Um, and our suppression of God and our unrighteousness. Um, is it just the Gentiles? No, it's even the Jews. So how is one saved because we're all sinners. No one seeks God. No one, no, 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 nothing. Well, how is Abraham saved? Uh, not by circumcision, not by works. He believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. So, um, dikaio um, is a word translated as righteousness and justified, to be righteous and to be justified um, contextually, dependently. Um, do a word search real quick because it is an important uh, word actually to this discussion. Um, Dikaio, definition to be shown to be righteous, declare righteous. Dikaio, uh, Strong's 1344. Um, so it's it's a declaration of righteous, it's it's so, starting off, Romans 5, 1. Dikaio Thetes. Thetes. Off to a great start. Dikaio Thetes. Having been justified. Un. Therefore. Therefore, ek pistulos. By faith. Uh, 
erinen er kommen tross ton feon. Peace we have with God. Peace, however, in the Semitic mindset. To the Hebrew, shalom. Shalom doesn't just mean let's draw up a treaty. Shalom doesn't mean armistice. It doesn't mean Christmas Eve on that one night of the First World War. It doesn't mean a surrender, a truce. It doesn't mean... I think... Am I right in thinking Israel and Hamas are start actually backing down now, or are they still going at it? At least there's talks about it. Whatever comes about of that situation, it's not going to be peace. It, Israel has not had peace since her inception. But the Semitic idea of peace, shalom in Hebrew, is a true peace without a shred of fear of return to violence. So, Dikaio thentes un ek pistuos irene ekomen troston theon. Having been justified, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Dia tu curiu himon Jesu Christu, through the Lord of us, Jesus Christ. We are declared righteous by our faith. Therefore, we have peace with God. This by way of the Lord of us, Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Dihu kai ten prosagon gonen. Through whom, uh, through whom also uh, the access SK Kamen, we have Te Piste Esten Kamen by faith into the grace Tauten Enhe Heste Kamen by the grace this in which we stand. So through him we also have access by faith into the grace in which we stand. Kai kalkometha ep ep el pide tes doxes tu theu, and we boast in hope of the glory of God. Umnande, not only now. Alakai kalkometha en tes. Flips, flipsis, um, but also we glory in taste. Isn't that the, yeah, it's definitely our article. We glory in the tribulations. Edotes hati he flipsis hippomen, knowing that the tribulations, um, hypomon, hypomonen. Katergezai, 
perseverance produces or uh, produce perseverance. Hey de hippomone hip hip hupomone. Sorry. And the perseverance. Dokimen. Dokimen. Character. He de dokimen. Elpide. And the character? Hope. He de elpis. And the hope? Oh, sorry, that's a completed thought. Uh, that doesn't, that's not part of a clause in the thing anyway. Um, hey, de elpis u kataiskine. yeah. And the hope not makes us not ashamed. Hati he agape tu theu ekekutai. Because the love of God has been poured out in pace cardias into the hearts among dia nomatos hagio into the hearts of us through the spirit holy or holy spirit because those two are linked by gender and case and number um two docentos himon the as in the one because the article is flexible in Hebrew as to its usage. The having been given to us. So, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the one having been given to us. We can't boast in ourselves. So our works don't, there's, there's nothing of us. We bring nothing to the table of our salvation except our sin. However, we can boast in Christ, in Christ alone, uh, and in the hope he gives us. Chapter 6. Eti gar Christus. Indeed, yet Christ. Anton hemon asthenon eti. Being of us, uh, being us still without strength. Kata keron, um, according to the right time. Hyper asibon, for un the ungodly. Apathanin, moles gar. Nope, that's next verse, sorry. Um, sorry. Sorry, at the right, according to the right, yeah, so at the right time for the ungodly died. Verse 7. Moscar hyper decaio tes apothenatai. Rarely <clears throat> for a righteous man will anyone die. Hypergar um, to agathud. On behalf, of, uh, on behalf, though, uh, sorry, though on behalf of the good man, 
perhaps someone, uh, sorry, Ataka Kai Tonma Apothani. Perhaps someone even would dare to die. Sinistin de ten heautu agapen ace hemas hathaas. However, demonstrates, um, however, uh, demonstrates the love of himself to us, God. However, God demonstrates the love, his love for us. Hati eti hamartolon. That still sinners, anton um, himon, us, us being or being of us. Christus hyper himon apathenen. Christ for us died. Polo un melon. Uh, therefore, much more. Decaio ventes. Having been justified. Nun entu hemati ato. Now by the blood of him. Having been justified now by the blood of him. So the so methe, we will be saved. The auto, apotes orges. We will be saved by him from the wrath. So what's this saying? God has demonstrated his love for us, that while his wrath still abided upon us, while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Having been justified, how much more will we be saved from the wrath? There's people who want to read this and think that for the one to whom this is truly true, that Paul's word are null, that he, 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 he's emphasizing. If it's God doing this, if, if God has justified us not simply by something of us. If God has justified us, no, rather. We're not just, we don't justify ourselves before God. God justifies us before himself. If we're justified by the blood of him, how much more? We will be saved. Actually, that's, yeah, it, we will be saved from the wrath. Verse 10, a gar ekthroi ontos katalagemen tu theu dia tu thanatu. If, for if enemies, for if being enemies, so, so if, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death to huyu atu of the son of him, Polo melon catalagentes. How much more having been reconciled? So fesometha. Shall we be saved? Ente zoe autu. In the life of him. We're reconciled by his death. We are saved by his life. 
I don't hear myself in there, I'll be honest. Other than I'm the one being affected by these things. He died for me. His death becomes my death. I'll be saved in the life of him. His life becomes my life. 11. Umnon de alakai kalkomeno. Not only now, but also we are rejoicing en tu in God. Dia tu curio hemon Jesu Christo. To the Lord of us, Jesus Christ. Di hu nun tes kata katala katalagen elobomen. Elabomen. Elabomen. Greek is hard. I once said English is hard. That's my favorite thing. Sorry. Through whom now the reconciliation we have received. You can't say here that, um, I have had it said that um, everyone's reconciled to God. God's reconciling the world to himself. That everyone's reconciled. If we're reconciled, Then, like, there's, uh, just look at what it says about those who have been reconciled. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved. That's basically what this passage says. If, if you want to tone it down to absolute zero level of, what does the text say? If you've been reconciled, you shall be saved. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Dia Tautu, verse 12. Dia Tautu. Because of this. Hosper di henos anthropon e harmatia e hamartia e ston cosmon e stelo. Because of this. Just as through one man the sin unto the world entered. Kai dietes hamartias ha thanatos. And through the sin, the death. Kai hutos es fantas anthropos ha thanatos. Also thus to all men, the death passed. F. Hopontes, Pontes, Gemarton, for all that have sinned. Thirteen. Akrigar numu hamartia en u en en gosmo. For until the law, sin was in the world. Hamartia de uk elogetai. Sin, however, sin was not imputed. Elogetai 
to charge to, to put to one's account, to impute from n logos, uh, to reckon in, to attribute. Um, yeah. So it's not imputed. Me antos nemu. There being no law. 14. Alla ebasiliusin. Nevertheless, reigned Hathanatos, the death apo Adam Mekri Mosius, from Adam until Moses. Kai epe tusme hamarte santas epitu homoi o mati des. Uh, Parabasios Adam, um, even over those uh, not who did not sin in the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Has estin typos typos tu melanthos, who is a type of the one of the or who is a type of the coming, as in coming one. Verse 15. A reminder, in case you're wondering how to follow along, I'm on a Bible Hub's interlinear. Um, and if you find this boring, I am extremely sorry, maybe voice your concern. Um, but I just feel like this format is good because you can call me out if I'm mistranslating something. You can. It can be a slight sort of study, like fun trivia thing. Like you can hear words that come up again, start to draw parallels and connections. Um, this ensures that I'm doing my hardest to get to the very words so that if I make an argument, I'm not making an argument from a translation, but from the use of a particular word in the original. Um, it's a posterity thing for me. Um, but I do know that the format of it is a little dogging, um, and I'm sorry if it is. Uh, verse 15. Um, Allah uk has ta um, paraptoma hutos kai tu karisma. But not like the trespass um, is also the gift. Egartu tau henos paraptomati. For if by the trespass of the one, hoi poroi apathanon, the many died. Polo melon he karistu theu kai he doria. In Kariti te tu henos anthropon, Jesu. Okay, translate more because that's a long stretch. How much more the grace of God and the gift in the grace which is of tu henos anthropo, the one man, Jesus Christ, Jesu Christu, estus polus ep 
Belrisusen. To the many did abound. How much more the grace of God and the gift and the grace which is of the one man, Jesus Christ, to the many did abound. Sixteen, santos, <clears throat> and not as though um, one having sinned, tu doremu uh, the gift. Oh, sorry, d through through not though that's my brain, and not as though one having sinned. Uh, the gift. So it, it, it it's wait what the gift. Wait what? Wait what? Oh okay. And the, the it's gifted as if as not yeah as as if we have not seen. Um, reading on. Um. To mengar krine krima, um the true truly um for wait what. Oh man, which one goes first? There's two, two conjunctions here. For, tr for truly judgment, ex henas es katakrine. For truly judgment of one. Of one, un for truly the judgment of one was unto condemnation. Tu um, de charisma ek palan paraptomaton, but the gift. Um, but the gift out of many trespasses, ace decaioma, unto justification. Verse 17. For if by one trespass, athanatos, uh, Ibasiliusen dia to henos. Death reigned through the one. Holo malon hoi ten parisian tes caratus. How much more those the abundance of grace. Kai tes doreas tes. The Caiusinis Lambanontes and the gift of righteousness receiving. So, how much more those, how much more those, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness receiving. Enzoen Basiliususen in life will reign dia to Henos. Jesu Christu, through the one who is Jesus Christ. How much more receiving in life we will reign through the one, and that one is Jesus Christ, yeah. 18. Ara un has di henos paraptomatos. So then, just as by one's trespass, Es fantas anthropos, es katakrimen. To all men is 
condemnation. Hutos, hautos, kai di henos matos. So also by one act of righteousness. Es pantos anthropos es decaiosen zoes. To all men is the justification of life. Federal headship. All men, women, all humanity is dead in Adam. He was our representative. He fell. We are all dead in sin. But also by one act of righteousness, Christ's death on the cross. To all men, it's the justification of life. The dekaiosin. Verse 19. Hosper gar dia tes paracoes tu henos anthropo. For as through the disobedience of the one man, Harmatoloi Katasan sinners were made sinners hoi poloi, the many. Kutos kai diates kapakoes tu henos de kaioi katastafe son die. Also, so also through the obedience of the one, um, Dekai, yeah, will be made righteous, hoi poloi, the many. 20. Namas de periesselfen. Now law having entered. Uh, Hina plionase tu paraptoma, so that might abound the trespass. Hude ep neonasen he hamartia, where, however, abounded the sin, so that might abound the trespass, uh, however, where abounded the sin. Hyper peris perisusin overabounded hecaris hina hosper ibasilusin he harmatia in tu vanatu. So that just as reigned the sin in the death, hutos kai hecaris bisulus se dia dai. The So also grace might reign through righteousness. Es zoenanium. Unto life eternal. Dia Jesu Christut curio Through Jesus Christ, the Lord of us. Chapter 6, verse 1. Tion Roman. What then shall we say? Epimenomen? Te 
amartia. Hina he karis leonase. Shall we continue in sin? In order that grace may abound? Me genoito. Never may it be. Hoitines apathanomen te hamartia cum as we who died to sin pros eti zesomen en aute. How still shall we live in it? E agnoete hati hosoi e baptis men eis Christon Jesu. Or are you unaware that as many as have been baptized into Christ Jesus? Eston thanaton, alto ebaptis themen, into the death of him, they were baptized, having been baptized. Senatafemen, un alto dia tu baptismatos eston thanaton. We were buried, therefore, with him through the baptism, into the death. Hina, hina haspar egerthe, so that just as having been raised up, Christos ek necron, dia tes doxes tu patros, Christ out, uh, having been, was raised up, Christ out of the dead, by the glory of the Father, hautos kai henes en Kenotepati Zoes Perepate Solmen. So that also we in newness of life should walk. There should be a newness of our life. We should walk in it because we're, we died with Christ. We're raised with Christ. Egar Simphitoi. Gegonamin tu homoeomati tu thanatu atu. For if united we have become in the likeness of the death of him. Alakaites anastasios esometha. Certainly. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> Certainly. Also, the resurrection, we will be. So if we were united to his death, we will be united to his resurrection. Sextauto genas campes. This knowing, or knowing this. Hati ha paleos hemon anthropos sinestaruothe. Knowing this, that the old, that our old self was crucified with 
him. Hina katar gethe tu soma tes harmatias. In order that it might be annulled, the body of sin. Ku mekatai duleun himas that no longer enslaved um, us, uh, or that that we are no longer enslaved te hamartia. We're no longer enslaved to sin. Paul clearly knew Jesus' teaching from, what is it, the Gospel of John? The one who sins is a slave to sin? It's coming out right here. Christ's very own theology of sin, doctrine of sin. No longer enslaved are we to sin. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. Sorry, I more went into the song version of that. Um, verse 7. Hagar apothanon dedekaiotai apotes hamartias. The, for the having died, for the one having died, has been freed from sin. How does the sun set us free from sin? By his death. Verse 8. Ede apathonomen sin Christo. Now, if we died with Christ, Christuomen hotikai sise somen ato. We believe that also we will live with him. Edotes. Hati Christos, erge, erger, egerthes, ek necron, knowing that Christ, having been raised out of the dead, uketi apothneske, having been raised from the dead, no more dies. Thanatos autu uketai kuriui death death of of him death no longer rules ho gar apathanen te hamartia apathanen efapax ifapax that for that which he died to sin he died efapax once for all hapax such as hapax legomena once occurring or once word one a word that is uniquely occurred once i don't think any of the words i just said were hapax legomena but my pronunciation of some of them were a problem. Um, sorry. I'm diminishing. He died to sin once for all. Once for all time. That's what that communicates. 
how they say that, however, that which he lives, Zetu Seu, he lives for God, to God. Hautoskai, he miss. So also you. Logis, logis este. Consider heotus yourselves emnai necros men yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Tehanatia. Zontas de tu theo en Christu Jesus. Living, however, living to God in Christ Jesus. Verse 12. Therefore, uh, let not reign in the sin in the mortal body of you. Actually, it's the mortal of you body. Ace to Kupakuin. Yeah. In order to obey Tes Epithemeus Auto. In order to obey the desires of it. Thirteen. Mede Parastan Nete. Ta Mele Himon Hopla Adikaios. Neither yield the members of you. As instruments of unrighteousness um, to sin. Miss that last part. Te Hamatia. Hey, Mart Martia, always in my brain triggers Martini. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, ADHD. Uh, back to the text. Alla pareste sate. Heotus tu theu. But yield yourselves to God. Jose ek necron zontas. As out from the dead living. Kaite mele hemon hapela de kaiosenes. And the members of you as instruments of righteousness. Tu theu. Tu theo. To God. Amartya gar hemon. U kuri you say for you for sin do not let sin rule over you. It's basically what it means. For you sin will not rule over. Um Ugar este hapo nomo ala hypo karin. For not are you under law. But under grace. Tion. Hamar te somen. Hati uk. Esmen hypo. Nomon. Alla hypokarin. What then? Shall we sin because not we are under the law, but under grace? There's this constant dialogue Paul is expecting. Where they're gonna just try to get their way of what they want. What shall we say? I mean, hey, now, grace abounds in sin, so should we sin that grace may abound? 
No. Because you are dead to sin. You're not under the law, you are under sin. I'm sorry, no, backwards. You're not under the law, you are under grace. What shall we say then? If we're not under the law, but under grace, shall we sin? Meganoito. Never meti. Uk oidet. Oidate. Hoti. Ho. Parasantete. Parasanete. Ah, heotus dulos es hepakoen. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves as slaves for obedience? Duloi este ho hippocuete slaves you are to him you obey. Etoi hemartias estanita whether of sin to death. A hepako hepakoes es dekaiosine, dekaiosine, yeah, sine, or of obedience to righteousness. Karis de tu theo hati ette duloi tes hamartias. Thanks be, however, to God that you used to be slaves of sin. Who percusate de ec cardias? But now you have become obedient from the heart. Es hon paradoth dothete taipon didake, to which you were handed over the form of teaching. Eleutherothentes de apotes hamartias, having but set free now from sin. Eduloethete, you have become slaves. Te dekaiose, dekaiosune, you have become slaves. Righteousness. Anthro inon. Lego. In in human terms, I speak. Via ten, as thenon tes sarcos, on account of the weakness of the flesh, him on of you. Aspergar paraste sati. Ta mele hemandula te a katharisma kai te enomia. For you, for as you yielded the members of yourself in bondage to impurity and to lawlessness, es ten enomia, and to lawlessness. Hautos nin parast. Parastesate te mele hemandula te dekaiosin sine es hagayasmon. So now yield the members of yourself in bondage 
unto unto righteous un, uh, sorry unto to righteousness unto sanctification you are in bondage you gave yourself over to bondage to lawlessness to sin now yield yourself to righteousness that leads to sanctification. For when slaves you were of sin, free you were from righteousness. Tina un carpon ekete tot f hos nin epaisun este. Therefore, what fruit had you then in the things of which you are now ashamed? Tugar telos ekenyon. Thanatos, for the end of those things is death. <clears throat> Nini de. Now, however, a lutheronthrothentes apotes amates. Having been, and now, however, being set free from sin. Dulo cente, dulo centes, having become slaves, de tu theu, however, to God. Akete ton karpon himon his hagiasmon. You have the fruit of you unto sanctification. Tu de telos zoen aionion. Aionion. I. What? There are too many vowels. It's right there. <clears throat> now, the end is life eternal. The fate of you when you were in sinful flesh was death. The fate of you now that you are in Christ is eternal life. Tagar opsonia tes hamartias thanatos. Tagar opsonia tes hamartias thanatos. For the wages of sin is death. de charisma tu theu zoes aionios en Christu Jesu tu curio himon. But the gift of God is life eternal in Christ Jesus the Lord of us. That's the wages of Hamatias. Not the wages of some Hamatias, the wages of Hamatias. The wages of sin. 
all sin. The wage of all sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. I think that's going to be the end of our reading for today. Uh, it's kind of been emotional already. I don't know if... Oh no, I still have the questions to do. I don't know if the song that I... The worship song, I don't know if... Uh, we did a worship, if you're listening on Spotify, and there was no music this entire time. We did a segment where we sang Mighty Fortress is Our God. Sorry, you missed out. Listen to us on a different... Yeah, you can listen to this episode on a different platform. Uh, just look wherever there are podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Anchor app itself. Probably a pretty good place to go. <laughs> You'll actually be able to see all the segment titles I give to this and all that. Right, so... There's your scripture reading. Um, to questions? Oh, right, another housekeeping thing before we get to questions. I said last week the whole thing about... Um... Me being interviewed by Carl St. Andrews. Um, I think that's actually this Sunday <laughs> that the stuff is coming out. Because all this week, uh, or all last week leading up to it and still into this week, they were just publishing episode, he was still just publishing segments of episode 10. Uh, let me look it up right now on YouTube to see um, if he started uploading segments or whatever. Of part 11. Um, because that's the episode. Uh, if you remember me mentioning. Um, Alright. Nothing on the TikToks. Question wise. Um, just sort of a statement. From one Sarah Felt. Waiting for you to do Rebecca Black's Friday. For one of these vids. <laughs> uh, ugh, oh. No. No. <laughs> Probably not. Never. No. Ever. Uh-uh. Um. St. Andrews. It's supposed to be shortened. Uh, clicking on his podcast. Mm. Nope. 19 hours ago, he just uploaded a clip from episode 10. So, hmm. We have to ask him about that. Uh, no clue when that's actually going to be starting to come out. Um, Alright, anyways. Back to questions. <clears throat> Isaiah Lowry asks on the Discord, Is the Arminian my brother? Um... Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to caveat by that. I mean, it depends. Um, are they Unitarian? You know? Um, then that's, that's heresy. Um, are they... You know? Are, are they aligning with the Salvific things? That are faith. That's the nature of the gospel. That's the nature of who God is. Um, you know, is is God Trinitarian? Is God, you know, 
can't, uh, I would say an open theist is the point when you get into that deeper theology where it does become heresy if you're holding to that position. Open theism, God learns. God has limited knowledge. No, he's omniscient. All known. Um, yeah, no, for the most part, yeah, unless you're getting so far into those places where then it's very clearly works righteousness, or universalism, or either works salvation, works righteousness, or, yeah, universalism. Um, but no, for the most part, yeah, no. We, uh, it's not a delineation that denotes whether or not you're saved. That'd be like, ask, uh, rather ask, like, is the Unitarian my brother? Is the charismatic? I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, that was a little lackluster questioning, because you kind of meant that as a meme, I think, anyways. Um, if not, okay. I mean, I don't know. I consider him my brother. I'm in a weird, fuzzy crossroads that's on neither side of the fence. Uh, although I'm leaning very far over one side. To the outro. Alright. Turning to Matthew 5, verses 3. Through 12, Jesus spake these things to his disciples. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of Christ. Blessed, uh, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life eternal in Jesus Christ, the Lord of us. Now being justified, go in that peace you have with God and in that love of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs>